0: So welcome to Drill to Detail, the podcast about big data, analytics and data integration, and I'm your host, Mark Rittman. So if you've come to any of the presentations I've given in the past year, at the meetups and conferences and so on, you've probably heard me talk enthusiastically about something called Apache Drill and how I've called it in some cases, you know, sometimes the future of SQL on Hadoop, a very interesting sort of product. Um, and so I'm very pleased in this episode to be joined by Nirajah from, uh, from MAPR, who um, I've read her blogs in the past and I've seen some of stuff she's written and, and presented on, on sort of drill. And she's actually the uh, Senior Director of Product Management at MAPR, responsible for product strategy, roadmap and requirements for MAPR's SQL initiatives, including Apache Drill. So Nirajah, do you want to just introduce yourself kind of properly and tell us kind of how you came to this, doing this and, and what you do really?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, First of all, thanks, Mark, for having me here. Um, Yes, so my name is Neeraja Rentachintala. I am with uh, MapR. So I have been with MapR for about three years now. And my responsibilities and um, uh, from a product standpoint in MapR is mainly two things. One is our SQL, SQL strategy. So we do offer a variety of uh, SQL products on MAPR platform, and one of the strategic areas we focus is Apache Drill. So SQL strategy. The second aspect is I'm also responsible for our um, high-performance NoSQL database that we have on the MAPR platform called MAPRDB. Um, So yeah, so I'm responsible for both for SQL as well as for NoSQL products. Prior to MAPR, um, I was in Informatica, So I was working on a product called Informatica Data Services. Uh, This is part of uh, the enterprise data integration suite that Informatica has. And before that, I was in Microsoft as part of the SQL Server business intelligence um, products called SQL Server Reporting Services, as well as Power BI. Um, Before that, I was in Oracle and Expedia.com. So mostly, most of the time, um, I have spent my career focusing on Um, enterprise application integration, data integration, business uh, intelligence, analytics, Um, so those kind of things. Wow, yeah.
0: interesting, interesting to so, say. I mean, I came across uh, your name and, and what you've been doing you know, when I started looking at Drill and, and the MapR platform. And uh, I remember thinking at the time, this is somebody I'd really like to speak to. You know, it sounds like you've, got a, you've worked with some very interesting products and, and you're looking after a very interesting area you know, within MapR at the moment. So, so uh, for anybody that is, is kind of new to, to Drill or, or, or this kind of area, just explain just a high level. You know, What is Apache Drill and, and, and what does it do differently to, say, Hive and, and other previous uh, SQL on Hadoop uh, initiatives?
1: Okay. So I think at, at the highest level, right, so the way I like to describe drill is, first of all, it's an open source um, interactive SQL query engine that can provide data exploration as well as BI ad hoc queries on big data, right? So this is essentially, um, at the core of it, it is a distributed in-memory SQL engine Uh, with which you can get low latency performance on large scale data sets, right? So the interactive performance and big data is the key thing. However, what's different about drill, right? So there are so many interactive SQL products out there. So what's really different about drill is along with the performance, it also gives a lot of flexibility, right? So we can go into that a little bit later, but at the uh, basic level, drill allows you to do SQL queries without having to define any schemas upfront. So you just point to the data wherever it is, files, HBase, whatever your data source is, and you can start doing queries in minutes. So you don't have to spend probably like weeks or months of modeling time. You're able to look into the data, understand the data um, immediately. So they're really kind of working with new types of data that is common in uh, Hadoop and the big data world and getting value from it quickly is kind of the focus for uh, or the differentiation for drill.
0: yeah yeah I, and that, that's certainly to me i mean that, that listening to that and, and reading that on a, on a kind of data sheet it, a lot of a lot of you know a lot of vendors will say you know it's quick to set up but products they've got they're, they're easy to use it and so on but it, it's it, it certainly um, it certainly struck me as the way you're doing this and the the way that, and we'll get on to this later on, the way that you're kind of leveraging, I suppose, the inbuilt metadata in a lot of the kind of the, 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 the kind of data types and coming to Hadoop these days, you know, is it, very interesting. And so, I mean, for, for me, there were two parts. The fact it was so easy to download and install, you know, it literally was download a zip file, unzip it and work with it. But, but this concept you're talking about, about, uh, about being able to analyze data immediately uh, without having to kind of define, you know, metadata and, and that sort of thing. That's pretty revolutionary. I, and it, I don't think people kind of get the the significance of that at the start. So talk, talk us through what that means then. How how do you do analysis faster in terms of kind of, you know, getting access to the, the metadata and structures and so on, really?
1: Yeah, so I think if you look into how the BI and analytics have evolved over time, right? So there, there is... A, um, clearly kind of an evolution towards doing things self-service, right? So the traditional reporting is basically um, the data warehousing team putting together a data model and the BI users would consume kind of pre-built reports. And probably a decade ago or so, there is a lot of um, innovation on the BI side of the world, tab, click views, and they all came in and said, okay, there is data but as a business user, I need flexibility, I need self-service capabilities so that I can visualize the data in whatever way I want, right? No prefix, pre-defined reporting format. So there is a lot of innovation happen to make the BI world more self-service. Um, but I think on the data side, still things are kind of um, the, the same way, right? In the sense, you need to do the uh, ETL, you need to kind of prepare your data To be ready for analytics there is nothing wrong with it and there is complete value in it Um, but in the context of big data though is it's more challenging in the sense people are collecting this huge amounts of data into their data lakes or data hubs and this data is transactional data semi-structured data sets clickstream sensor all sorts of data sets and there is a need we have seen clearly from customers that they need to actually see into the data first before they decide what kind of data to operationalize, right? So they need to understand the data, discover the data. So I think the from a business value perspective, opening up the data early in the cycle to users uh, for data exploration, data discovery purposes, so that they can figure out what to do with the data, right? I think that that's kind of the... Motivation, business motivation for the product.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, p- uh, before getting involved with with Drill and some of the technologies you're working with there, I mean, I, I was working with techn- uh, data discovery tools from the likes of Indeca and so on, where the idea there was that mm. you could you could you could analyse data in place, no data left behind, and, and so on. But they typically involved loading it into a kind of its own kind of NoSQL or key value store, analysing it and so on. And and the thing that struck me with Drill was the fact that you you know you, you basically pointed towards a data source and it uses the, the and it tries to use the inbuilt metadata that's in there really and if you think about some of the you know, the data types we'd have now json and, and so on and so forth you know there's a lot of structure in there that you can leverage and 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 so drill drill leverages that that that, that inbuilt metadata is that correct
1: right so i think the the way to think about that is um I think there, there is a lot of, obviously, collateral that we have where mm-hmm. we talk about it schema-less kind of a system, mm-hmm. um, so I think there, there is a thing to say about it, right? So when we say schema-less, what we are talking about is really, there is no central repository of schema, uh, but uh, if you take kind of these formats, you just mentioned JSON, there mm-hmm. are formats like, okay, mm-hmm. there, there is actually some level of schema in the file itself, right? So. If there is a schema available in the underlying file format, Drill can discover that on the fly. Drill also can query something like hive tables where you already have schema definitions. So if you have underlying sources that have schema, uh, Drill doesn't tell you, okay, go and define, and define uh, a separate mo- special model for me in the repository again. Drill can discover this on the fly, right? And yeah. then there are some kind of file formats where you don't have the schema at all or you have a very partial schema. Hbase is a great example where you have uh, column column families and table names, but beyond that you don't have anything so those are the kinds of things where it can discover schema on the fly
0: yeah i mean something i mean something it actually i mean drill for me changed quite radically how I approach doing. Uh, I suppose initial discovery on on, on Hadoop projects. Um, yeah, you know, in the past, as you said, I mean, th- there's been this kind of irony that that in this talk of sort of schema on read and flexible schema and so on. If you're going to query things through Hive, for example, there's there's a, there's a kind of classic you know modeling exercise that goes on. You have to kind of understand the tables and columns and the structures and so on. Maybe use a or whatever to translate you know JSON you know elements into into kind of columns, and that's quite a kind of a complicated and time consuming and fragile process. But but now you know typically. You, as you say, you know, you download drill, point it towards some files, point it towards kind of, you know, some Parquet files or some Hive, you know, Hive Metastore and so on. And, and, you know, rather than it being centralized metadata, as you said, and and curated and so on, you can make use of what's there. But it also, particularly if someone has gone and set up Hive, you know, for example, Hive Metastore and and, and so on, you can just use that as well. And so you can dip into these different kind of like, you know, sources of data and the metadata they provide um, without having to kind of model it all again centrally in, in your own kind of, you know, sort of data warehouse, for example.
1: Exactly. I think when you look into most of the customers, right, if you look into our customer use cases, most of the times, basically they, they are using both these things together, right? So so the truth is I think Hive is used by probably like 90 plus percent of the use cases. Um, the primary focus is batch and ETL processing. So they have data where they, they do batch processing, they do ETL processing and you have Hive metastore populated and all the groundwork is done. So if you... If your groundwork is done, then the value that Drill can offer is use that, reuse, let you reuse the metadata and do interactive queries on, the, on those tables, right? So both both these are complementing solutions. Hive is batch ETL. Drill is focused on interactive queries. The additional thing is the data that is not processed by Hive yet, some JSON data, some log data, Drill lets you uh, look into that as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, and for for me, the, the kind of the the, the the most surprising point was was performance, and and I kind of expected Drill to be to be slow when I first used it. You know, if we were going to querying JSON documents, and etc., cetera, etc., cetera. especially the fact it was it was kind of downloaded and ran on my a local machine and so on. But the speed of it was, was was fantastic. And and do you want to just maybe just you talked about Hive earlier on where where where, in terms of kind of the two tools complementing first of all what's the performance profile like of drill and and how do would people how do people kind of like you know th- use it in combination with hive and, and wh- where's the kind of the sweet spot between the two and that sort of thing
1: yeah so i think from a use case standpoint there is very um from a sweet spot perspective right so there is very distinct separation um between hive and drill so i think hive traditionally and continues to be used uh, for batch and ETL processing, right? Um, and uh, we do have customers who use drill for ETL and who use drill for like batch processing, but we typically recommend them not to do that, right? One reason is um, if, if you have a MapReduce job basically, which is like five hour, uh, five hour kind of a job, um, so MapReduce or um, a framework like Hive Pig on top of MapReduce is really designed for those kind of things, right? Where primary difference in architecture is um, in-memory processing, right? So the rather than Drill assumes that queries are going to be fast, so tries to do things uh, as much as possible um, in memory using a pipeline kind of an execution model, and um, um, unlike MapReduce or Spark or any other basically kind of ETL-oriented technology, it doesn't uh, spend time writing uh, to disk for checkpointing and rec- purposes, right? So it's trying to do things as much as possible in memory, and it is going to disk only if things don't fit in memory, right? So the entire execution pipeline is designed for performance. And there are also other things along with in-memory, such as It's a distributed engine, right? So you can add nodes to improve performance. And there are things like execution. So there are a variety of other performance attributing factors, but the primary difference is in memory or you are continuously writing to disk for recovery purposes.
0: Okay, so 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 what you describe it there with with kind of in memory and and you know it's it's doing it all within within uh you know so a bit like Tez for example you know it's trying to do things within kind of like memory rather than writing its disk and so on. I mean, again, I, you know, with, how, how would if people if people understood. An, If people understood a new Impala, they knew Tez and so on, how how would you how would you get across kind of succinctly the difference in architecture and the difference in design, for example, that drill has compared to say things like, you know, uh like say Tez or or Impala and so on? What fundamentally, what's the difference in terms of how you built it compared to those?
1: Yeah, so fundamentally, I think um, they, there are different categories, right? So if you take drill, Impala, I would put put them actually from a performance profile standpoint, they both are in the same category, right? Um, the other category is TES um, uh, or um, MapReduce or... Um, so, so I think those are in a different category. So Impala and drill does pretty much similar things. Both are in-memory things. It's just the way uh, the data model, because really is more optimized for uh, schema-less hierarchical data sets. So there is a fundamentally different underlying in-memory data model. Uh, but from a core architecture perspective, both are distributed in-memory architectures, right? Um, which, is, which is, I mean, there, there is a, the difference really is um, how, you do the execution, right? This is this is kind of as I mentioned, a pipeline execution versus um, there, there are improvements in Tez over MapReduce, but it is still um, leveraging disk. Is, there is a fundamental architecture difference on how you schedule the different tasks.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so Drill. Okay. I've been working recently with with, with BigQuery, for example, on, on the Google platform. And my understanding is that Drill had some kind of uh, inspiration from from Dremel, for example, from, from Google. It, it, is that the case? Is there some kind of like common sort of thinking there, or inspiration from that kind of project within Google?
1: Yeah. Certainly. Right. I think the the, the inspiration is really about scale. So the biggest thing that you need to solve in in the context of big data is. Um, The the core thing is how do you process terabytes and petabytes of data sets and also offer optimizations when you don't have to scan that kind of data sets, like things like partitioning and pruning the partitions. So there are a variety of uh, optimization strategies. So I think the inspiration from Dremel is really around um, the distributed parallel execution, right? kind of the motivation. Um, I think drill is still different from Dremel in the perspective we talked about the discovering schemas on the fly, being able to work with nested data and things like that. Those are still kind of differentiators for drill, even from Dremel but the scale is kind of the common aspect.
0: And the scale is interesting because, again, yeah, the, the typical way, I guess, that most people encounter drill is is, is through downloading it as a single, uh, you know, it's a drill bit, I think you call it, and downloading it onto your machine and running with it. But how, how, does it, how, do you, how does it then run in clusters and how does it kind of scale up beyond that, really? What, what's the kind of the, 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 the mechanism behind that, really? Yeah,
1: so when you're downloading drill onto your local machine, right, so the, so the core daemon in drill is called drill bit, so this is, the, this is the service which takes requests from the user, it is uh, parsing the SQL query, it is optimizing it, executing it, working with the data sources to get the data and give you back the results, right? So drill bit, when you're downloading it onto your machine, you are basically downloading one drill bit. The moment you are putting to in a cluster configuration, you are essentially adding more drill bits, right? So when I deploy drill in Hadoop cluster, I am essentially deploying a drill bit on preferably like different data nodes in the cluster, right? So each data node is running a drill bit instance. So this is kind of the core service of core service. And uh, the way it scales is um, there is no master-slave architecture, right? So it is a completely distributed architecture. So what this means is when a client is submitting queries, your Tableau or MicroStrategy is submitting queries, it can submit to any drill bit on the cluster. So each drill bit is identical, and each is capable of parsing the query, optimizing it, and once optimized, distributing, splitting the query into query fragments, and distributing it across among, among the other drill bits available on the cluster, right? So execution is distributed. Um, and another another way is all our optimizations. Everything is um, um, parallel. Um, and another aspect I think common across other processing engines is data locality, right? When you're to process in a highly distributed environment, you want to make sure um, the processing is done in the same nodes where the data resides. So understanding the location of the data and scheduling processing on those ne- those nodes is a scale, is a part of scale as well.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so I, get, I suppose a kind of a, a, a taking a step back question, really. Um, so, w- w- why did why did MapR? Because obviously, you know, you work for MapR, and 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 uh, Apache Drill is an open source project. Why did why did um, MapR think that Drill was the kind of the, the the sequel on the sequel solution that it wanted to go for? And and, and you know, what, why is it such a big part of your strategy? And why has MapR invested, you know, time, money, whatever, people in in, in this project, really?
1: Yeah, so I think when uh, Mapper kind of pioneered drill project, the, the main SQL technology out there was Hive, right? And then Impala was probably fairly new at that time as well, maybe like a one-year, or I, I don't remember the exact time frame, but fairly new in the market. So I think uh, when we added, um, kind of initiated this project, I would say the main uh, motivation is, first of all, we have seen that the needs for SQL in our customer environments are evolving, right? So there is a class of customers that were offloading basically from Teradata and all sorts of data warehouses into Hadoop um, for scale and to be able to reduce their costs, right? So cost and scale are the big reasons. But at the same time, there is a class of customers, they adopted Hadoop, not just for scale and cost reasons, but they are able to actually bring in new types of data that they couldn't before, right? So these things, again, are click streams, logs, sensors, um, IoT kind of data, telco customers. So so many customers are bringing new types of data. And for them, um, this having this whole entire thing that, okay, to do anything with the data, you have to start with an modeling exercise or ETL processing was almost like, showstopper in the sense they could do only limited things uh, with that kind of a paradigm. So I think the thinking really was uh, this is a new world, new data types, um, new kinds of um, scale requirements, and you can't just reinvent your relational paradigm here. You need to think about SQL in a different way, right? So I would say I think that's kind of the main motivation in different types of data sources, structured, semi-structured. And you need to think about in a different perspective. And the beauty is you have to bring it into the same set of users, right? These users are your, again, BI users, Excel users, Tableau users. So so how do how do you do this? Like kind of bridging the gap between your SQL paradigm at the same time to a NoSQL kind of a data world. So I think that's where kind of the situation for...
0: Yeah, yeah. Drew. I, mean, I mean, certainly. I'll be honest. I mean, it was the thing that got me back interested in MapR again. I, th- I think the fact that you know, you, I th- what a what a great choice of, of of SQL engine, really. I mean, I think you've absolutely nailed it there, saying that the whole pre- the whole you know a, a massive motivation driver for using Hadoop is, is is not just cost; it's the flexibility, it's the it's the ability to bring in new data sources and so on. And yet we do things in the same way up until now. You know, modeling things very kind of like very very formally and so on. Um, so 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 well, I'd like to get onto the kind of the Wider platform in a bit, but just before we go on to that, um, actually, again, the person who, cont- who put me in contact with you was, was my old colleague Robbie Moffat, who I think wrote a blog post for for uh, for MapR on connecting the Oracle's BI tools to to um, to Drill. So, what's the support like currently for Drill within the kind of the BI tools kind of world, and and how does it kind of work? I mean, how do you, how do you kind of reconcile the the flexible kind of schema you get, I guess you get from Drill, with the more formal kind of metadata layers you get in BI tools? I mean, how does that tend t- to work?
1: Yeah. So Drill, first of all, provides ANSI SQL, right? So it is. Uh, it uses Apache Calcite as the SQL parsing layer, and we have done extensions to Calcite to support parallel optimizations. But the main syntax in Drill is obviously ANSI SQL, right? So we have pretty good support for it. Um, beyond ANSI SQL, we have done extensions so that you can work with nested data. So there are and sysql extensions such as like flatten kvgen there are like all sorts of functions available so you can flexibly work with nested data so with respect to the bi tool integration um, we do have jdbc and odbc drivers right so that that's that's what uh, bridges from a connectivity perspective and uh, so the kind of the flow that happens is if you have simply structured data there is nothing much you have to do right you just take it and expose it and you can access it via JDBC, ODBC. If you have nested data, um, which is like eight level nested JSON documents, and you need to reach into the nested data. So as part of our ODBC driver, we have um, something called uh, Drill Explorer, which allows you to look look into the data uh, that is available through drill, and you can uh, create views on top of this uh, nested data. So I can use something like a flatten function to um, create kind of a relational representation of the underlying data. So you create this view and then you connect from ODBC in Tableau and this view shows up as just like any other table, right? And then you are immediately working with it. So I think the, the main, um, I think the key point is the bridge is happening Um, Either automatically or bridges happening because you have done the data exploration and you have created views. Um, View is just logical, so there is no ETL or a physical representation. But you are creating these views, which are giving the physical kind of uh, relational representation to the BI tools.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So, so okay. So, uh, drill was my was was my kind of intro back into kind of MapR. But looking at your your kind of website looking at the kind of materials working with the platform and so on you've got quite an interesting kind of platform with 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 what you call them the, you know, the map is it map our converged platform and there's a lot of kind of interesting technology and a lot of interesting value adds in there that I haven't seen before, things like microservices and so on and so forth. Just again, just for anybody new to MAPR, maybe paint a picture for, for what MAPR's uh, wider platform is, is is like for for Hadoop and for big data and analytics and so on. Just paint a picture first of all of what's there and, and again differentiators really from, from the other things we are used to in the past.
1: Yeah, so at the highest level, um, I would say MAPR platform, MAPR Converged Data Platform um, is something you would use for analytics, right? Obviously, whether it is traditional BI reporting kind of analytics or new types of data exploration, machine learning kind of analytics. So this is a platform for analytics, but at the same time, the converged platform is something you would use to build mission critical operational applications. So what MAPR offers is a unified platform on which you can run analytics and operational applications so that, that's kind of our differentiation so it's not simply an analytics platform but it is your next generation data platform and uh, so with respect to the components we do have a distributed uh, storage system called mapper file system and then we have a high performance no database so this is what you would use to build actual apps applications business applications um, it's called mapper db and then there is Global publish subscribing messaging system called uh, MapR Streams. So it's a streaming um, uh, system. And um, so that, that's kind of the three products storage, space, and streaming. And all these are built on a core platform that provides a variety of uh, services such as reliability, consistency, multi tenancy, security. So all the products are built on the same platform and they inherently basically get the benefits of the same platform. So I think our definition is really kind of bringing these different data models into one platform so that, um, it can serve both analytics and application needs
0: okay okay so so my understanding as well was with map are different a difference was that you were um quite you know you're more open i suppose to using more proprietary things you developed yourself and combining that with the platform i mean how what's what's map philosophy in terms of you know use of open source use, use of kind of your own technology you know again again to, to try and paint put a picture in people's mind, you know, how, how would how would your platform differ from, say, pure open source Hadoop, really? Where, where, do, where do you add value and what's different, really, about it?
1: Yeah, so I think the, the thing that I mentioned, right, which is the converged platform itself is our differentiation, right? So which is the file system DB streams all together in a single platform, right? So you are literally deploying not three clusters, like a Cassandra cluster. Kafka cluster, Hadoop cluster for different needs, you have a single MAPR cluster, right? So I think that's kind of our innovation. Um, From our philosophy is each of these products, if you take our file system, there is a NFS POSIX compliant interface. Um, Same time, it is also exposed via HDFS interface. And MAPRDB is exposed via HBase interface the streaming system is exposed uh, with Kafka API. So the idea is really um, leverage our platform, but also be able to leverage kind of the innovation happening in the open source. So that has been, a philosophy. and we. And we do invest both in the platform as well as the top layer, the open source layer. So Drill exactly fits in there.
0: Exactly, right? exactly. I, mean, I find it very interesting, yeah. I mean, so, so you mentioned earlier on that you're, you're also responsible for MAPRDB as well. So it, 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 tell us about that. What, what's that? And again, what, what, what is different about that? What's the innovation and, and so on there?
1: Yeah, so MAPRDB is, first of all, when MAPR um, originally, I think several years back, we started with um, our, basically the kind of value prop was provide a high scale, highly reliable multi-tenant storage platform. It's not your secondary storage for analytics, but it is also a read-write file system that you can use as a primary storage, right? And it is exposed by a HDFS, so you can run Hadoop MapReduce. So making Hadoop Enterprise-grade was kind of our original um, positioning. And the, the next wave in the next phase, basically we added on the same platform, a different data model. The data model is a key value store, right? Um, so the benefit of uh, MAPRDB, DB is essentially NoSQL database. Uh, the benefit is it's extremely scalable, um, highly performant. And most importantly, the users, um, the customers use MAPRDB whenever they need extremely critical, mission critical SLA requirements. So originally, I mean, we do have HBase in our distribution. Um, Several customers had hit issues around kind of the operational issues with uh, HBase, especially around things having to deal with compactions and stuff like that, which was impacting their SLAs. So I think one of the primary things, primary promises with MAPR DB is, it's integrated into MAPR and most importantly, it is basically a, um, a NoSQL database that can serve your mission critical needs with no spikes in latencies.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, so what, what so with, with drill itself, I mean, what, 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 uh, so th- there's other projects around as well that are kind of interesting in this space. And I think I've seen an article you've written in the past on, on Apache arrow, for example, and, and there's Druid the as well. And so on, I mean, uh, Apache arrow in particular, again, uh, maybe just introduce what it is sort of thing, but uh, there's an article you wrote on it. Where, where does, where, what interests you about, about arrow and where does kind of arrow fit into this really with your, your thinking and, and maybe kind of the, the plans in the future?
1: Yeah, yeah. so Arrow is basically, it's like an in-memory uh, data format, right? So it's like an in-memory data interchange format. So if you look into, so, so why Arrow, right? Uh, most of the times, big data analytics, um, they, they have evolved over time, right? If you look into the last two, three years, there was a lot of investment around improving columnar data formats like Parquet or OC. And then there is a lot of work going on in Drill and Spark and Impala, like query engines. So, so the bottom line is an efficient columnar representation on disk as well as in memory is kind of core to HU performance in analytics workloads. So, um, so so the main thing is Drill is actually one of the first big data query engines, which is columnar on disk, but it is also columnar in memory. And I'm not sure um, if you are familiar, but the arrow format takes its roots from the in-memory representation that is developed as part of Apache drill project. So it's called value. Yeah, so this is really kind of the foundation for drill. The in-memory representation of drill is value vectors, which uh, now is modularized into a separate project called arrow because now most of the systems, right? Like if you take um, Spark or Impala or any other query engines or even the APIs like Python or R, they're all moving towards columnar processing, right? So it made sense to take the in-memory columnar format that drill had and modularize it and make it like a separate open source project. So, So to that extent, actually Arrow takes roots from drill and you can see that basically the kind of PMC members, committers, they, they are all like similar people, but it's more broader forum now. Arrow has uh, uh, more people than Drill. Uh, more people in the, like, beyond the Drill team, there are that are contributing to Arrow. Um, so, we're actually supportive of that initiative, and um, we sort of have Arrow already, but uh, eventually, as the project um, matures, we Totally, are going to integrate it and contribute to it.
0: Okay, interesting. So, what about? I'm um, just in, in, just to round off on 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 the SQL side. What about security and, and access control and so on? I mean, one of the challenges I, I, I hear from customers is, I, I suppose the obvious things about how do we secure things, how do we do role based access control, but but also that I suppose that the amount of projects that are out there, you know, Ranger and 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 kind of record service and and sort of Sentry and so on. There, yeah, what's your thoughts on on how we apply? Uh, security across SQL and Hadoop in a way that kind of makes sense to enterprises but I suppose particularly with your focus on enterprises you know what was your thoughts on on security around SQL and Hadoop?
1: Yeah so I think our um, um, I would say like um, vision right if you look into drill we went through like things like metadata and stuff like that we drill is always like a distributed kind of a world right so there is no central repository for anything whether it is for metadata, whether it is for security permissions. So it's just the same thing. I mean, the same concept is applicable for security as well. So first of all, I think security is so critical, right? The moment you are exposing big data to a larger audience, BI users, data scientists, security is such a critical thing. And the approach we took in drill for security is a decentralized approach, just like metadata. It's a decentralized approach to security. So the way to achieve, um, so Drill can do both uh, column level as row level security. So the way to do that is we have Drill views, right? So simple SQL views, but the views are not catalog objects that you store and secure permission, put permissions on. The views themselves are files on the file system. So when you create a file in Drill using create view as, you literally see like a dot, view.drill file on the file system. So the benefit of that is when views are represented as your kind of platform constructs, such as files, you can use the same permission model that you have on the platform to secure these views as well. You don't need to reinvent a separate uh, technology to store the object's information, to store security permissions. So leveraging the platform security is kind of a model. Um, so decentralized approach and drill has um, support for impersonation. So when a user comes in, take the user identity, pass it along into the underlying platform. So a combination of views, impersonation, and of course, it has support for things like Kerberos, Sazzle and basic authentication for so different types of authentication mechanisms. Um, but the main difference is drill doesn't need a ranger or a secure uh, sentry to secure it. It has its own decentralized security model.
0: Okay, okay. So, so to, taking a, I suppose, you know, taking a, a a look forward to to where things are going. Really, I mean, if you look at, I suppose, MapR, the MapR, the MAPR platform going forward, and, and the stuff you're doing. Um, again, looking looking at stuff you've written and stuff your company's written, there's some interesting things that you're doing there. I mean, things like microservices. Um, I, I I'm putting on the spot here a little bit, really but you know, what 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 are microservices in the context of how MAPR talking about them and why why is this something again that, that you guys are investing in and talking about really I'm not sure if it's your area but but certainly I've, I've seen it mentioned quite a lot in, in MAPR sort of like um, you know publicity material what, what is that about really
1: yeah so I think if you look into MAPR converged platform um, so one thing I mentioned before was it's not just an analytics platform it is analytics and operational apps right so this is actually an application development platform as well So so the way to think about it is, microservices is like a architecture pattern, right? Rather than having monolithic apps, um, now the application architectures are evolving. They're more purpose-built, they're more self-contained, they're more elastic depending on the needs, they're more scalable. And these microservices are not triggered like every day, three o'clock in the morning with a timer, but these are triggered by events. When a particular transaction happens, Um, into one system, there are five other systems doing five other different types of processing, right? So these basically microservices are interconnected using a publish-subscribe kind of a system, like a messaging system. So why is it relevant for MAPR? Because the first thing is um, MAPR has MAPR streams, which is the publish-subscribe kind of a messaging system which interconnects these microservices right? So that, that is kind of one model. So people basically develop applications on MapR, something like MapR um, DB, they build an application and they have like hundreds of such applications that are interconnected via MapR streams. So the concept of microservices is in that, um, in that idea that you are able to build apps, but you are also able to build connected apps. Using MapR Streams, um, so that that's why that is kind of relevant for us.
0: Okay, okay. So I mean, I, I'm working on a, similar, a system similar to that in a way with publish subscribe and, and real time feeds going in and so on. I mean, and that's that's kind of running in in, in a cloud environment. Um, so, um, what what it, as everybody moves to the cloud, and everybody adopts that and, and, and so on, and, and Hadoop as a service and so on. You know, what, where where does MapR see this going? And, and and where what what might, for example, a MapR analytics platform in a few years' time, are running the cloud of services? What what might it look like, really, to people, you know, look, coming 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 into it then? What, what's your kind of vision in that, really?
1: Yeah, so first of all, Mapper is um, available in cloud today, right? So if you, if you go to Amazon EMR and al- along with the Amazon-based distribution, you can actually click on Mapper and you can provision it and you can use it, right? So we do have, actually, a lot of... Um, uh, hundreds of customers using MAP are also in cloud. So from that point of uh, view, we do have um, kind of a cloud offering, right? So certainly I think uh, when it comes to cloud, um, there there is obviously more investment that, that we are doing. Mainly I would say is around improving the experience of using cloud, right? So whether it is being able to provision using cloud or container infrastructures, um, as your mesos or kubernetes sort of provisioning aspect but also the moment you go into cloud you need to be able to handle elasticity right being able to scale sort of up and down depending on the load you have so there, there is basically from how you manage resources from an application framework standpoint that's an important area that that we are investing obviously and there are also when once you are in cloud and you are working this highly distributed environments, MAPR as a platform has several features around it. So we do have things like global multi-master replication. So which is as your local systems are doing some, uh, collecting some data, immediately that data is copied into some centralized data lake without any latency, right? So things like uh, multi-master replication. So there are so many features in the product being able to, handle the global scale. Um, So there is ongoing work happening with respect to making sure that um, there is more intelligence, uh, data aware kind of replication strategies and scheduling strategies. Um, Yeah. So really, I think when it comes to cloud, it's all about how easily you are able to do things and how efficiently you are able to manage your resources and processing. So there. Yeah, so there is a lot of foundation in the product already. We we continue to make progress on that.
0: Okay, what about drill? I mean, what 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 in terms of the drill projects and so on? Yeah, you know, what, what's kind of on on the roadmap? What's what's what what do we what, what can we expect to see happening in the next kind of like you know six months year with drill really? What you know in the future?
1: Yeah, so with drill, I think I can talk about it from probably two perspectives. One is drill as a product, how it is evolving, and then drill in the context of MapR, right? Um, so, from Drill as a product, I think the, there is a huge um, traction with respect to how customers are adopting Drill. So, one interesting thing I think I'm personally seeing is there is a lot more desire to build analytics as a service kind of applications. So, we have several customers, they collect a lot of data, they just not only use it for in house BI and reporting purposes but they are also making it available as a product, data as a product to their end users, right? So these are kind of analytics as a service applications. And the moment you are in that environment, there are a lot of interesting kind of requirements that come in, right? Mostly around um, very critical latencies, hundreds to thousands of users of concurrency. You need to be able to handle um, multi-tenancy, right? So things like, I have uh, 15 tenants, one tenant is doing batch type of queries, one is doing dashboards, the third one is doing ad hoc queries, the fourth one is running an operational app. Um, So how do you kind of prioritize these workloads? How do you isolate these workloads? So there is a lot of work around multi-tenancy management. Yeah, so I would say like from um, an enterprise perspective, performance, scale, resource management um, is kind of the core Uh, investments. And then obviously there are ongoing things with respect to like SQL improvements, um, JSON support improvements. So things like that. I think those those are ongoing uh, kind of improvements as well. From a a MapR standpoint, I think this is uh, kind of an exciting time for us because uh, we have pretty good products. So we are spending a lot of time on integrating drill with MapR streams, Uh, basically doing ad hoc queries on um, streaming data and then drill on top of MAPR DB. So essentially the way we see drill in the context of MAPR is it's a unified SQL layer for MAPR, right? So different types of cases, um, BI or application development or for any type of use case, drill is kind of your unified access layer, SQL access layer. So to that extent, there is a lot of deeper integrations with the mapper Converge platform.
0: Excellent. I mean, certainly. So it took me a while to get you to, to actually to do an interview because you've been so busy with uh, with, with product releases and uh, and and so on. So it, that's kind of yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of very interesting things coming along from there. Um, you, you mentioned kind of uh, drill against uh, against uh, streaming data. So is that almost like continuous query or some kind of different model to be able to kind of query a data stream while it's still in motion, and still running?
1: The, so the, those are two different two different types of use cases. So MapR Streams um, um, is basically a published subscribe messaging system. So I mentioned that one of the aspects of MapR Streams is it it can also be a system of record. So it's not a ephemeral storage where things come in and uh, data get processed and it goes away. So there is a use case like that, but um, for People also can use it as a system of record. So they don't need to take out that data after three days. They can keep it forever as a system of record. So streams is a system of record in MapR. So what that means is you have all your real-time um, data coming into MapR streams. And as a business analyst, I can literally go to MapR streams and I can start doing exploration and ad hoc queries. I don't need to wait it to come to some parquet format or some MapADB DB workload, I can just go to streams and start querying it, right? So that's one use case, basically data exploration and ad hoc queries on top of real time data. And the second use case is what you mentioned, which is more of a continuous query as the data comes in, do something with it and load it into a sub- downstream database or um, surface it into an application. So that's the second use case. So we are starting with the first one but uh, both both are the both are use cases for Drill and Streams.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So I'm conscious of your time, uh, Nirija. So um, just just um, just a, a summary there. Where can people find information about uh, Apache Drill, and where can find where can people find information about MapR's initiatives in this area and kind of platform in general? Broadly, where would these be?
1: Yeah. So first of all, like, Drill has um, there, there is a website Drill.apache.org, right? So that is a website for Drill. And there is excellent documentation. So there are, I think, 20 or so tutorials that you can use to get started with drill. So there, there is also a sandbox that you can download um, to experiment to drill with uh, Hadoop. Um, you can also download drill onto your local machine and start working with it. So I think a great resource is the website. And the community is extremely active. So you can get on to dev at uh, user at dr- apache.drill.apache.org or dev at drill.apache.org. You can sign up, join the community. Um, there is a very active community, so you can get a lot of help there. From a MAPR perspective, um, again, from the MAPR website, uh, we have a lot of product information, use case information, data sheets, demos around drill. So that's a MAPR website is a great... Place to go for understanding the use cases and integrations available so highly recommend that as well
0: okay and you'll be very modest there because you actually have a blog on on the map website as well which is is fantastic and uh you do kind of video i think whiteboard walkthroughs as well and that sort of thing so anybody listening that is yeah after more information about this uh, your, your blog is fantastic really and so that's a great intro to the platform and, and to drill and to the concepts behind it as well so uh, I'd, I'd recommend that as well for anybody um interested in this what well, are Thank you. Look, thank you very much for coming on the call. Uh, it's really good to speak to you. It's great to actually finally speak to you after reading so much about you and your, your what you've done in the past uh, and in the concepts you talk about. Um, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I mean, stay in touch and uh, good luck with the project and good luck with the work you're doing at r Yeah,
1: thanks a lot. Thanks for uh, giving me this opportunity, and it's, it's great pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you. Okay, thank you.
1: Thank you.